There is only one you, and that is your superpower. You can't F that up. However, you can get stuck. That's why I created this space called Unstuck Yourself with Crystal Simmons. Unstuck Yourself is about figuring out what has you feeling frustrated, isolated, or depleted of energy so that you're able to unstuck yourself on your journey through life when you don't know how to move forward. Unstuck yourself in your career that no longer excites and challenges you. Unstuck yourself with negative thoughts that seem to be doing cartwheels in your head consistently. I don't have the answers. You do. You always have. I'm providing the time, space, and grace for you to reconnect to that knowing. I'm Crystal Simmons, coach, speaker, and facilitator, and I'm grateful you made it here. Let's begin to unstuck yourself. All right, everyone, I'm excited for you all to hear me speak to Danielle today from First Gen Money. Danielle is the founder of First Gen Money, a personal finance platform that focuses on the first generation population, those who are first to graduate from college or build wealth in the U.S. Danielle hopes to empower and educate Latinas in their money journeys. Born and raised Jersey girl with Ecuadorian immigrant parents, Danielle graduated from Rutgers University in 2015 with a political science and women's and gender studies degree, along with $30,000 in student loan debt. As of December 2019, Danielle lives debt free, having paid off $26,385 in 26 months while building her network. Listen in as Danielle and I talk about money, vulnerability, our journeys, being stuck, and our money thoughts that cause us to get there, and so much more. Enjoy. Hey, hey, peeps. It's Crystal and Danielle. But before we get started with Danielle, I wanted to say the purpose of Unstuck Yourself with Crystal Simmons podcast is to not only highlight my own personal stuck moments and experiences, but to create space and community for others to share their stories, their voices and experiences. And then to inspire each of you that are listening, that your voices, your stories, your experiences, they're just as important and should be shared as well. But today we have Danielle. And before you dive in, Danielle, into all the awesomeness that you're creating and building for yourself. I want you to let the peeps know about little Danielle that paved the way for the current Danielle that sits before me today. So go ahead and take oh, it away. Boy. <laughs> um, little Danielle, you know, I haven't really had to think about her until like therapy recently. Mm. And honestly, I think she always wanted to like, she knew what she wanted and she was always like, yeah, I could do this. And like, I'm capable of this. And always raised her hand to challenge herself to things. Like I remember like there were instances where I auditioned for things where I'm like, I know I can't sing, but I want to be part of this play and I'm going to go and audition for it. And so yeah, little Danielle has always been a little fearless. And so that kind of is something that I bring with me as I've grown up. Like how can I have a little bit of that and just remind myself that like, it's okay if I'm not great at something. Let me just yeah. try. Why not? Who don't be the one that says no to yourself. Let somebody else say no to you. And I think mm. little Danielle used to do that a lot. That's good. And it reminds me that it took me a while to let out little crystal. And I want the listeners to 
understand that we have been told, and I don't want to blanket statement this and say everybody's been told, but we just weren't told that as an adult, you can bring your little self along the ride because where did that little person go? They're still in you. However, certain ideas and thoughts and beliefs may have covered that person up. And now, like you said, therapy is bringing that out because that's what therapy is. It's going back to the past of where did those beliefs come from? And like you were saying, little Danielle was like, oh, I'm gonna raise my hand. I don't know. I can't sing. I'm gonna, no. Oh, I, I can't sing. You think I can't sing. All right, cool. Just make it short. <laughs> yeah. It's so powerful. It really is. And I encourage more and more people to do the same. So how have you transitioned into little Danielle to the Danielle that's here now? I, how have I transitioned? I think a lot of mistakes, a lot of things that I've learned along the way. I mean, just a little background. I am a first gen Ecuadorian American. So my parents are Ecuadorian. They came to this country when they were teenagers and um, my dad came when he was in middle school. So I'm a first gen and being a child to immigrant parents, you have to be their translator. You have to be that person that kind of helps them understand like what's happening around them. Yet my parents were also very, um, they were like, okay, how can I invest? How can I buy real estate? Like they always kind of had those conversations around me. So I witnessed a lot of empowerment in terms of like, we want to take those challenges and we want to make sure that we're building our wealth and like being um, people who kind of wanted to improve their situation. But I also had that other side of like, there was a limit to the things that they knew. And I knew I had to kind of step in and support in some ways. And so I think that helped me become a person who has to figure things out on my own. And, you know, when I was applying to schools, I knew, I knew about college because my, you know, classmates were, were thinking about that but I didn't realize like what I had to do to get to college. And so taking like the SATs and all that stuff really wasn't in my wheelhouse until my junior year when my peers were studying for it and had been for many years. And so I had to like navigate a lot of those spaces on my own. And I think that as a child, as a teenager into adulthood, you realize like, okay, no one's going to do it for me. I have to do it for myself. And so that's kind of what inspired a lot of what I do, but also the, the person that I am and just being like, okay, we need to find the solution because if I don't, like no one's going to find it for me. So yeah, I think that's a mix of how I was brought up, but all the, you know, different challenges that come with being a daughter of immigrants. I thank you for sharing that story because I have an older sister and my mom and dad didn't go to a traditional college, but my mom wanted to go to school and she ended up not finishing. So her main message to us was, you got to go to school. And like you were saying, I didn't know how to go about that. My best friend, John, when we were in high school, he was saying what school he was going to, people had applied to, some people got scholarships. I'm like, I think I'm late. I don't know what's <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. My mom and dad just said, you're going to Richard Bland, which was a junior college in Petersburg of Virginia. And so I was like, that's where I'm going to school. Thankfully, I don't have any student loans. Yeah. That was a huge gift that I didn't know. At the time, I was just like, oh, yeah, I wish I stayed on campus. I wish I had the the chance to learn. I wish my parents would have told me. And you're right. Like, sometimes we do have to figure it out on our own. And you figuring that out, going to school, did you know what you wanted to study? How did you get into first-gen money? Like, 
Was that something in the back of your mind? Yeah. So I actually started first at money. I want to say two years after I graduated college. So okay. when I went into school, I had, I had a totally different vision of where my life would be now. Like I would, I would, I would be a lawyer right now. I'd be what? running for New Jersey Senate. Like I, I had a different vision, but um, yeah, no, I, when I was applying to schools, I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And so I bought like how to get into law school books as I was going into my freshman year. And I realized the majority of lawyers study poli sci. So I was like, okay, that's going to be my major. I'm going to study political science and we'll figure it out. When I was in school, I added a few minors. So I studied women's studies as well. And then international studies, because I did have that interest in like the social sciences. That was something that I really liked learning about. I mean, in, in high school, I had enjoyed history and like I took some electives with women's studies. So I I knew that was my interest, but I never thought that there was another path. I never thought like, oh, maybe I can study finance or like, oh, maybe I can like work on Wall Street. I was always like, mm. I want to I want to be an immigration lawyer. And that was kind of in the direction I was headed. Then I graduated and it was kind of another rude awakening where I was like, okay, I should have been applying to jobs my fall semester of my senior year because mm. companies hire upcoming seniors for full-time positions so that when you graduate in May, June, you start working. Yeah, And I didn't realize that. So I'm like, okay, May 15th, my graduation date, let me start applying to jobs. And of course it took six, maybe eight months for me to get a full-time job. Wow. Graduated in May. So I started my job in March, my full-time job. And that that was in nothing that I wanted to do. Aww. I was working at a translations company being a project coordinator. So basically people came to me and they were like, I want to get this translated. How much is it going to cost? And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? And I stayed there for a year. And I realized also around the time where I was like, I don't like what I'm doing. A colleague of mine quit because it was kind of a toxic work environment. And he's mm -hmm. like, you don't need to do this either. And kind of suggested a book that I read. And it was Your Money or Your Life by Vicki Robinson mm -hmm. and Joe Dominguez. And so I went into a personal finance hole, started listening to podcasts and I had a commute, right? So I live in the suburbs of New York. I had a hour and a half commute and I had time. I had time uh... to money podcast. And so that's when I was like, I want to share like what I'm learning mm. and what I'm doing because I have student loans and I've made a pretty good income in the last 12 months, but mm. I don't have money in my account. Somehow I don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. And so that's really when it kind of dawned on me that like I should be doing something with my money. And yeah, that's that when it is so real. When you mentioned you were making good money at that full-time job after graduating from college, wait, where's my money going? <laughs> Where is it? Like, it's, it's so real because again, unfortunately, a lot of people aren't telling us or it's, mm, you don't know what you don't know. Like, I, I think that's the exactly. biggest thing. You just don't know what you don't know. And I'm curious to know who was the first person, because whenever you learn something new, you're like, oh my gosh, like you said, I need to share more with other people. Who was the first person? Do you remember who you were like vomiting financial advice to? <laughs> I think it was the internet, to be oh, honest. Oh, nice. <laughs> because I've always, I've always been an internet person. Like in high school, I had a blog. I started mm. a beauty YouTube channel, like when everybody was starting a beauty YouTube ch channel in 2010. And so like, I've always liked to share some aspect of my life on the internet to people that I don't know. Um, and so I think it was just like writing it on the blog. Of course, you know, I would come home and like talk to my parents about it, but mm -hmm. I knew at that stage, I mean, it's been 
I would say like four, five years now Mm -hmm. since I started that. And it's taken a lot of years to like have them be comfortable and open about talking about money. And so at first I kind of like, they're not really going to want to hear this. Like maybe they're not the best audience. And I kind of didn't really like open up so much about everything I was learning and didn't share much, but definitely the internet, my partner always kind of been like, oh my God, this is like what I found and it has been like a soundboard, but I would say shout out to you, the internet, <laughs> because one that you were aware enough to know that your parents probably wouldn't receive it the way, because when you learn something new and it kind of clicks for you, you get this joy and sense of peace, like, oh my goodness, look what I, and you just, you're able to kind of dive in and grow and, and explore and transition. And then you recognize other people, if you mention it, the energy is not the same. You're like, you're kind of killing my vibe. I don't need to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about preserving your energy. And if you know that's going to be a vibe kill, then you're just going to be like, "Mm, maybe not yet. So may I introduce myself? I am a vibe kill. Uh, (laughs) Quick story. I left my corporate job 2019. Yep, because before the pandemic, probably like, almost about eight months before the pandemic. And it was a year of just, like you said, toxic environment. And I'm not one to just up and leave and just not have a job. But I remember telling my husband, like, I don't think I'm a, I could stay in this job. So I did stay a year before I, like I had that thought. And then for a whole year, I was like, I'm a fight because I'm the youngest black female in this role. Of course, it's going to be hard. I'm stick it out. I'm strong. I can handle this. And then a week later, like, F this, I am done. And then another, and it just kept going back and forth. And as my energy vibe started dwindling down, my husband started noticing that he was like, oh man, she's, she's about to leave. So he started going down the financial rabbit hole and learning so he was so excited. So I'm very familiar with what you said. I I was the vibe kill because (laughs) when I did leave, I had a sense of shame and (sighs) confusion. I had never done that before where I didn't have a backup plan. I applied to different jobs, but for whatever reason, they would tell me you're overqualified. And my box was so small and what I thought I was capable of. I wasn't like little Danielle, like, I'm about to apply to all this. And they'll just tell me now. I was like, no, it needs to be in administration, mm-hmm. in the medical field, maybe teaching around radiology, mm-hmm. x-ray. I was not, I wasn't just seeing what happened. And it was hard for him to have this knowledge, like, this can actually help us. But I was so pulled back and out of myself of, I used to have this money. I don't have the same amount of money. Uh, What am I going to do? I need to be able to pay these bills. And he's like, Crystal, we're a team. Couldn't see it. I I was just, and it took some time. So fast forward, I would say a good two years. I would, I would definitely say last year is when it, when it hit me. So Danielle and I took a podcasting program together. And luckily she's in our accountability group. And before we started meeting, one of the young ladies, Daisy, just shouted us all out like, hey, Crystal has her podcast. This is my podcast. And then Danielle, she has a YouTube channel. And the first link when I clicked on it was your tracker. And for whatever reason, I watched your YouTube video. You explained the tracker really well. And there's other things that were going on, like that I was noticing the importance of having retirement, saving for that right now, not waiting until, oh, I'll wait till I'm 40, 50. If you are working, it is time for you to get with someone. You can go to Danielle's YouTube channel, but start now. I know you don't know what you don't know. 
to start knowing just a little bit. And I bought her tracker and I use it every day. And I'm now mindful of what I'm spending. Now I'm like, do I want to actually spend that and put that in the damn tracker? No, I don't. So I'm taking my ass home. Like, so thank you for that, Danielle. Because one, my husband's like, yo, I've been talking about this for like over two years. Are you so he felt the way? <laughs> but in your own timing, and shout out to you for having that space and grace for your parents too. Cause I told you, I am the vibe kill. Like it's intimidating. And you bring about such a just a patience and I just got that from the YouTube video. So thank you for that, Danielle. What would you say is the biggest stuck moment you've had in this journey? Wow. Yeah, this is a very loaded question because there's so many moments, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I can speak particularly to like a money stuck moment. I can speak to just like personal development and trying to entrepreneurship. And, And I think that to me like speaks speaks the most because it's kind of what I'm living through right now. It's, mm-hmm. you know, this idea that I quit my job in November and I thought I was going to go one way. I thought I was going to like get my next job was going to be a TV writing job or something like that. I had hyped it up so much in my mind about what I wanted to do. And then after just sitting with myself and thinking about what it re- really is that I want and that moment of stuck, a lot of the times for me, it happens to be when I'm thinking about a choice that I've made, because I'm somebody who likes to say, I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work out, like whatever, at least I've tried it. So I try a lot of things and I like to like be doing this and then do this. But that is also a problem sometimes because I realize that like I'm either doing too much or don't realize exactly what it is that I want to do. And so a moment of stuckness is when I feel bad about a decision that I have made and have made publicly either on my YouTube YouTube channel or shared it on my Instagram. Mm. And then like, I need to live up to it to everybody who's quote unquote watching, because in reality, nobody's really watching. (laughs) And so I don't do the thing that I like, know I want to do and like should do because I'm afraid of like what people are going to say, like, you just quit your job. How are you thinking about looking for other full-time jobs like so soon? Mm -hmm. And it's like, in order to get unstuck for me, it's been disconnecting from the social media, disconnecting from just what that reality is in my real life because social media is not reality. I don't need to live for anybody else. And if I'm not enjoying my life, on my day to day, then what's the point? Right. And so I think we need to remind ourselves and I say we, but I really mean me that I live for myself in my real world. Yeah. In my Instagram world or my YouTube world or to my YouTube audience or whatnot. And so, yeah. How do I get unstuck? I remove the social media. I remove anything that's going to make me feel like something I'm posting is like having people think a certain way of what I want to do and just kind of sit with that, sit with my journal, sit with like my own goals and intentions and speak with the people that I really love and are in my life day to day. Yeah. That is that is a current moment. (laughs) No, it's real because I'm in that same moment. It's so crazy. I would say a couple weeks ago. So, well, actually my husband mentioned to me in that moment of trying to get me to get comfortable to talk about money. It was the same thing for me. Devon, I can't go get a full-time job. I'm basically telling everybody I failed. I didn't say any of this to him. These are the thoughts that are running through my head. And I would say four months ago is when I was like, yo, Chris, what are you doing? 
just apply and see what happens. And when I tell you releasing that control of what it should look like, what I should be doing. And I was like, oh, this is a job. That's interesting. I started letting little Crystal in, who was very curious and it's been fun. And I've been telling people I'm looking for a part-time job for consistent income, but I'm curious what is out there that people are doing you it was i just had a um interview with someone and i was talking we were talking about being in the medical field i went to school to be an x-ray tech but then once i got in the hospital daniel there's like a hundred different jobs i'm like you go to school for that to hand the surgeon surgeon like i didn't know so it sounds like how you get yourself unstuck is recognizing what the goal is no matter what you're doing and the goal is to protect and make sure you're taking care of little Danielle and adult Danielle at the same damn time. But you're curious too. So you're going to say, oh, I'm about to try this. Oh, that is trash. I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) So you're giving yourself permission to say, no, I changed my mind. And I thank you for saying that because I'm getting comfortable to do that. Just, yes, I want to do this now. I don't like this. No, I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, I thought you were doing this. No, actually, I changed my mind because of X, Y, Z and not holding on to that shame because people aren't paying attention. Exactly. If anything, they want connection. If they're bringing something up that you say you were going to do, they just want to have a conversation with you. They're not going to their house and writing down a journal like Danielle did not do this. (laughs) And even if they did, right? (laughs) Even if you were a fraud, so what? <laughs> like who, who, who writes that down? And you know, no one's doing that. I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that because that is the moment I'm in this current moment myself. And I'm, I would bet many of the, um, the listeners are as well. So thank you for sharing that. You mentioned that you take time and you journal. Do you have certain things that you journal? Yeah, I've started recently to like have some like gratitude list. Mm-hmm. I it, it's been hard for me to like in the past be consistent about every night before bed, right? The, I th- so I don't do like I don't have like a strict set of time like that I do my gratitude list, but what I do have a strict set of time for is a 5-minute journal. Mm-hmm. So 5 minutes every day, just write whatever thoughts are on your mind. And so whatever it is that I'm thinking, and usually I do it in the morning, whatever it is that I kept me up last night or whatever, I'm going to journal about it. And so I don't have any specific questions that I ask myself, but it's more so around what is the ideal life that I want to lead in Mm. five years, in 10 years? Like, what do I want that to look like? And what I'm doing today isn't that, but it's going to be steps to get there. And so really just like sitting with myself and like talking about the things that I enjoyed, the things that I didn't enjoy and being able to get more clarity on Mm -hmm. what it is that doesn't make me happy. doesn't light me up. Yeah. And I, uh, kudos to you because I recently started journaling too. And you mentioned that you don't have a strict requirement of what you're writing out, but you have prioritized making that something that you enjoy. It's beneficial because I don't want to say that you must do. It's not something you just added to your to-do box that you need to check off. And I want people to understand that hopefully every day you shower, (laughs) every day you eat. So when we go into these mindsets of I'm not making myself do this and I'm not going, I'm not going to force myself to, there is no force, but if you're not aware of the benefits of it, then it makes sense that you wouldn't do it. I journal because it centers me to go to bed easier. And I'm not having those thoughts just running around in my head. 
because I know what it feels like when I don't. I journal in the morning because I know I could easily jump out of bed and just like, I got to do that. And like, nope, because I know what it feels when I don't. And I learned by not doing it off and on, off and on, off and on. And when the year came around, because you did a podcast episode for the 2021 reflections and then setting 2022 goals. And you were mentioning that. And I did that. This was the second time I'd done that. And I just keep asking myself, what would the crystal who is speaking at like massive events, who is coaching some dope ass clients and who is building a business? What would she be doing? She would have a regimen that keeps her brain and her thoughts and her energy at the highest level. And that includes silence, praying if needed, and humbling myself, asking for help. And that is where the magic comes in. Danielle and I aren't saying, you need to just do it. There's a gift in doing the do, but you got to do it, you know, consistently. And consistently, it could be every week for now. And then two days per week. Now I'm going to ask, what are your moments of stuckness with money? My moments of stuckness with money. I feel like a lot of my moments with stuckness is mindset. Mm. So something that I'm like, I think I always have to like work through, but it, it's getting myself out of this belief that that can't be for me because mm. of a certain price point or, you know, because I'm just realistically, I'm not there yet. So like, I have had to stop myself from thinking and being like, oh, that's not possible for me to be like, it could be possible for yes. me like yes. that. So I think my, my biggest stuck moments are always with like a, is this a limiting belief that I'm spreading, continuing yes. to spread about myself? Or is this, you know, like, like what's going on in on here and how do we fix this so that I can bring abundance into my life? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but money is tied to emotions. Like we, we all know that, right? Like we emotion shop and we like everything, everything that we do, like how we feel about certain things could be tied to some memory that we had. And so it might be just harder for us to deal with some specific money topic. And so when I think about my limiting beliefs, when I think about those, you know, like, why can't I work at a large corporation and get a X amount of income? Why isn't that possible for me? And so really getting, trying to like work through why I think that way, but also how to flip it. Like as Mm -hmm. soon as like, like go back, let's, let's see how to change this. And so, yeah, I set myself some goals for 2022. I was like, I'm going to make 200K. It's going to happen. Yes. And you know what? I didn't make one of my goals for 2021 was make a hundred K. I didn't hit that, but you know what? It's okay. But those goals is what keeps me going to like what I want, right? Reaching for things that I think maybe might be outside of like what I can do, but it's like, no, reach for it. Yes. Again, you don't even know the vulnerability, the honesty, like that I'm feeding off of because my number for the year is a hundred K, which I haven't said before out loud Mm -hmm. and money is energy and we do use it against us sometimes. So we're cutting Mm -hmm. off that, that source of just connection and energy of, all right. So I like to shop. And I'm not a fancy shopper. Like I don't need name brands and stuff. And that is something that I was pretty much brought up with that my mom didn't go after labels. So if there were anything that I need, I was like, I could find something like that. That's cheaper. I don't have to have that. But when you start taking care of yourself by purchasing quality things, it's not about, oh, I'm, I don't need to be that person who is chasing after labels. 
you could be that person. Why am I putting myself in a position where I'm against it though? And why do we think that it's a bad thing? Exactly. To want a label. Exactly. And when I started wearing clothes that actually felt good and fit because I have a smaller waist, I'm taller and my thighs are bigger. So when I have a pair of pants that fit well, again, money is energy. So in exchange of me purchasing this item, putting these pants on and being able to not worry about if my ass is hanging out, to not worry about... Oh, is my shirt going to like, it's it's taking away your energy and your focus. It's not just a pair of pants. It's an exchange of what it's going to allow you to do while you're wearing them. It's the same for food. It's the same for a car, a house. I don't want a big fancy house because one, I don't want to clean it if I'm honest. (laughs) Like, so, but I want quality things. So I think once we start basically doing what you said of thinking about, how have we absorbed these limiting beliefs where people have told us certain things and just kind of mirrored that? And there is no bad. There is no good. It just is. So what is money to you? What is money to you? And that's what I want the listeners to kind of sit with and think about. And money is such a touchy subject. Like I have so many thoughts running through my head that I know I'm going to end up continuing this conversation solo about money and my journey. But before we we wrap, what do you want to leave the peeps with? I think just remember that like how you mentioned earlier, Crystal, like you don't know what you don't know. But what you do know is you can take steps to knowing what you want to know. Yes. So there's like a there's like a whole I don't know, but like I can try to know that I think that is powerful. And Mm -hmm. I think everybody should feel confident in their skills to try to understand something that they might not have thought that they could understand because you can figure it out. Like you can figure it out. I I wouldn't say you need to start with a financial advisor to get started with money. Start with understanding your emotions around money. Like everybody, everybody knows that like how they feel, right? So write down how you feel. And I think that it doesn't need to be this like whole thing where I'm going to start with my money by doing X, Y, and Z. No, I'm going to start with my money by journaling how I'm feeling when I spent X or like why, you know, this emotion came up when I did X. So definitely just start small, but start. Yeah, Mm, that's good. Just start. And you had mentioned, I'm going to throw in like the triple A's awareness. Are you even aware of how you feel when you receive money or you don't spend it because you hold on to it or you spend Mm -hmm. it as soon as you get, be aware of those emotions. And then second A is ability. What can I do with this money? Is it that I want to be able to buy something that I've been needing? Do I want to buy something that I just want? Do I want to celebrate? Do Again, no good or bad. There is no judgment. And then the third is action. Do you actually want to follow through with those actions? Quick example, I've been doing Danielle's tracker and she has a beautiful section where you put, what are your intentions for the month? And my intentions were to be able to see where my money was going. And and am I spending it just, just whatever? There's no rhyme or reason. I'm not aware of it. So after therapy, there's a Goodwill right across the street. And a thought popped up like, oh, I can go to Goodwill. And then I was like, oh, but then I had to put in my tracker. But Goodwill is like $5. I just want like some black (laughs) leggings. Like there's nothing. And I was like, yeah, but is that on your list though? Do you need it? I don't need it. But I would like to have some comfortable leggings. 
And then I was like, I don't want to put that in my tracker because I don't want to look back and see that I've just been spending money just to spend it. So I made a U-turn and went home. I have never done that before. And I've been telling everybody that story. I was like, look, guess what? Awareness. Being aware is Mm -hmm. the first step. Like what you don't know, you don't know you don't know it until you become aware. Like, I don't know what what they're talking about. (laughs) I don't know what they're talking about. I don't have that revelation of perfect timing y'all you're right on time danielle please if you will let the peeps know where they can find you to connect with you to really utilize your services because this like she mentioned you could take small steps and that is what you have been doing for goodness how long have you been doing it since 2017 2017 so she's well equipped she's funny and she's cute (laughs) on video like she has a good sense of humor like she knows herself very well but yeah go ahead tell the people where they can find you yes so youtube has like all of my like how to what is videos so definitely search first gen money on youtube Instagram is a mix of money stuff, but also a lot of my personal development, personal life things. So that is at First Gen Money as well. And my website is just firstgenmoney.com. I thank you so much, Danielle. You have changed my my whole mindset with money. Like you definitely helped me step into this person who will build a business that's over 100K. So thank you for that because yeah. that's where it starts. And I appreciate your time. And yeah, so I can't wait for people to hear it, reach out to you. But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Crystal. Oh, this was fun. <laughs> Many of you are not new to this, but here at Crystal Town, we understand the importance of the things we think and say to ourselves. So each podcast guest is asked to create their own unstuck affirmations. And if you feel inspired to create your own, please feel free to use this next part of the podcast as motivation. Listen in as Danielle shares her unstuck affirmations. I stay unstuck by frequently listening to my body and taking the cues when they come up. I am unstuck from the expectations others might have of me and instead focus on what I want for myself. In moments when I feel stuck, I unstuck myself with deep breaths and removing all technology, especially push notifications. so enjoyed this chat with Danielle and I truly hope you all will consider learning a little bit more about her and what she has created to help others unstuck their money thoughts. Feel free to follow her on Instagram at firstgenmoney. That's F-I-R-S-T-G-E-N-M-O-N-E-Y. And if you're a visual learner like me, visit Danielle's YouTube page. That's firstgenmoney as well. And you can check out her podcast titled Amigas Get Money, where she's highlighting inspirational stories of Latinas who are living their passions unapologetically. Again, show her some love and feel free to share her resources with your peeps that you love that are or may be stuck in their money thoughts as well. Here are the unstuck questions and gems that were dropped. Number one, it's okay to not be great at something. Just try it anyways, because you don't want to be the one to say no to yourself. Let somebody else do it. Number two, realizing in adulthood that no one is going to do this for me. I have to do this for myself. Number three, you don't know what you don't know, but start now by learning and knowing just a little bit at a time. 
Number four, taking a break from social media is an option. Live for yourself in your real world and not for the assumed opinions of others. Number five, there's a gift in doing the do. Number six, get out of the belief that something can't be for you, especially when it comes to money. Number seven, money is tied to emotions and some past memories we have. Uncover that shit. Number eight, you don't know what you don't know, but what you do know is that you can take steps towards what you want to know. Number nine, like Danielle said, just start small, but start. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, rate, leave a review peeps of this podcast. It helps to boost and highlight all the work we're putting into this together. We're raising the energies of others. We're building a safe space to grow and honor our voices and stories. Let other people know they can join Crystaltown. There's plenty of room. I am sending you love and light through this mic as you write your unstuck questions and gems to turn your actions into wins. Until then, stay unstuck, peeps. Bye. Bye.